0: I'm Rashawn Leek, and this is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Joining me is Radioactive executive producer, Laura Jones, for a special Gratitude edition of Radioactive.
1: That's right, Rashawn. Tonight, we're kicking off Radioactive's season of gratitude, where we're going to keep passing that microphone like we do every night, but with a special emphasis on nonprofits in our community getting their year-in-review report, then... We're gonna turn turn it around and ask what the community can do for them because we're so grateful for all they do. Right, Rashawn?
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I think, what what you coined the term? It's our attitude of gratitude.
1: That's an old one. I love it.
0: <laughs> all right, well, I'm still giving you the credit because I heard it for you.
1: <laughs> all
0: right, so it's the end of the year and these folks have been working hard. I mean, especially, you know, we all know COVID's going rampant still, it's still crazy out there. And we wanna give them props, find out how the year's gone and how we can help. So coming up, we have folks from the Inter- the International Rescue Committee in Salt Lake and Spice Kitchen Incubator, Volunteers of America of Utah, and its Homeless Youth Resource Center. And we love our Maud's Cafe, which helps to end youth homelessness one cup of coffee at a time.
1: We're also going to keep that spotlight on DIY creatives tonight in our ongoing series with artisans. We'll be on exhibit at the third annual Craft Lake City Holiday Market at the Monarch in Ogden. December 4th and 5th, Rashan.
0: But first, we're going to start with a holiday hello. And I'm not saying former, because once she gets back into Utah, I'm expecting her to share this roundtable with me. But we have Tamrika Katisviashvili with us. How
2: are you?
3: Hi, guys. Um, so good to hear your voices. I miss you both. I miss the station.
1: We're going to take a beat before we talk to you in depth, because you sent us a dispatch from Uzbekistan. So here we go. This is Tamrika, co-host
3: of Tuesday Radioactive with Rishan Leek, currently in hiatus, because I find myself in Uzbekistan. Usually, one of the first things I'm curious about when I find myself in a new place is what music people are listening to. One of the best ways to find out are the taxi drivers, or equivalent to Uber Yandex. It's often people from all different walks of life. Usually the music is blaring and the shades are down. So here is a quick summary playlist of music I listen to while in this
4: Golden san lekinda nirgadir holatim shu kuyga tonik emas hali berin nar
3: This two-minute and 21-second dispatch from Uzbekistan with the best song ever. Well, at least till the next taxi ride.
1: Now I love this dispatch and the music that Tamrika shared, Rishan
0: it's so awesome i think the thing i was really excited about is we're getting a taste of uh, area that most i would say myself included have no idea what's going on it's a it's a name on a map and just i mean that's really for a lot of us all it is so tamrika is doing what she does best and getting the boots on the ground and giving us an insight into the world she's living in right now
3: thanks tamrika thanks how you doing i'm well and thanks for that uh I like that. Boots on the ground. I do like challenges, you know, and places that are weird, but I do miss <laughs> Salt Lake sometimes. <laughs> um, but but I'm doing great. Uzbekistan is fascinating. It's super interesting. Um, I It's somehow familiar to me because I grew up in the Soviet Union, as you know. So it's not really, um, you know, it's we all we all have the same kind of a Mother and father, um, but uh, Uzbekistan is its own taste. You know, it's a um, old, very, very ancient Islamic country that was Soviet for a long time. In fact, the city I live in, Bukhara, is probably the prettiest cities I've ever been to. Period. And um, it's a it's a lot of strange influences, but um, I I would welcome I would tell anybody that I meet to come visit Uzbekistan.
1: Now, I'm guessing that Thanksgiving, not a thing there right now. This is our American holiday, but being outside of the country and noticing the differences between Utah and Uzbekistan, I'm guessing there's some gratitude going on in your world right right now, Tamrika.
3: Absolutely. I'm actually grateful to have opportunities to meet new people and to be able to travel and to kind of be open uh, to different ways of thinking. And I'm also grateful to be in a country where America is not hated. So that's really, actually refreshing. That's
0: really, really nice to hear, really nice to hear. Um,
3: So yeah, people seem to be, and and I don't know if it's because they just don't know a lot about us, or they're (laughs) just-
0: (laughs) Do they not have the, is the news reported differently? Is that what I'm led to believe? I was just gonna say, Tamarika, I think you touched on something that's really important though. And it's it's with travel. It's how travel really allows you to open your mind into cultures and, and differences that that under normal circumstances we not we might not be a, a, aware of. It's it's the great uh I don't I don't know the word I'm looking for, but really it just levels the playing field because you realize that these people in other countries are not very different than we are. It's just they might have a different accent. Or different customs but when it's all said and done we're all looking to do the same thing just take care of our families and just live a a peaceful stress-free life
3: absolutely it gets us out of our comfort zone you know but it kind of through that discomfort we realize similarities you know so yeah it's 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 great to have um those experiences but it's also great to be able to come home and uh Tune in to KRCL and co-host with you guys. (laughs)
1: Thank you so much for
3: contributing to
1: tonight's show.
3: Absolutely. And I am working on the next dispatch. So stay tuned. Oh, yeah. What's it going to be about? Um, All right. So what it is, is I've asked because every person I meet, they have so many questions about America because it's one of the few places where like America is still a very strange, faraway place or uh, Uzbek people. So they just bombard me with questions. So finally, I said, Hey, what if I just record your questions and send your questions to a bunch of Americans?
0: Oh, yeah, I love that.
3: It's a dispatch filled with questions for the fellow listeners.
1: I love it. Let us know when we can start answering those for you. That's awesome. All right. Good um, Good to talk to you both.
0: All right. Take care, Tamrika, and keep those dispatches coming.
1: And send us a photo of you in Uzbekistan for the show post. I will. Thanks, Tamrika. We'll see you.
0: All right. Take care Tamrika. Bye guys. All right. Now let's get to our first guest. Well, I guess Tamrika was kind of our first guest. So let's get <laughs> to our second guest.
1: Well, she really set us up for our next conversation, which is bringing different cultures into Utah through Refugee Resettlement and the International Rescue Committee in Salt Lake City. Natalie Eldiri is with us. Also Emily Park of the Spice Kitchen Incubator, which is a project of the International Rescue Committee. Welcome.
5: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
2: Absolutely. Thank
1: you. We also have a chef. We're going to get to Ali Amri from Rama next. But uh, Natalie, I know we only have a limited amount of time with you. So Rashaan and I just kind of want to be able to Uh, pass the mic here to you and talk about what the IRC in Salt Lake City has accomplished in the last year, but especially the last couple of months, Rashawn, right, as Afghan refugees have resettled here.
0: I know. I I love it. I I love that we have the availability to start opening our doors again, especially with everything going on. So how how has it been? Like, what is going on in your world, Natalie?
5: <laughs> oh, we have been so busy here um, as we're welcoming uh, Afghan arrivals and then other refugees from around the world. I think uh, the situation in Afghanistan and, of course, our um, the opportunity to to welcome new individuals and families from Afghanistan to our community um, is quite the feat. Um, but also we have to remember that we're also, you know, welcoming people from other parts of the world and seeing new populations that we haven't seen in quite a long time uh, due to the the um, the travel ban that from the previous administration. So this month we'll be welcoming families from Syria and from Sudan and from the Democratic Republic of Congo, um, in addition to around uh, fifty Afghan uh, arrivals per week. So just in the last quarter, we um, have welcomed one hundred and ninety. One uh, individuals from Afghanistan, and that's um, almost more than we did in all of last fiscal year for refugee arrivals. So we are we are quite busy here at the IRC.
1: And is that just you? Uh, and the uh, by that I mean the IRC and SLC, because your other partners in the community, Catholic Community Services, also uh, helps resettle folks here in mm-hmm. Zion.
5: Yep, that's uh, that's uh, both of well, that's just for the numbers for us. But they're they're just as busy as we are right now, um, welcoming Afghan arrivals and, and others from uh, from different parts from around the world. Um, so so both of us, we're a great state for refugee resettlement, and um, and we've been busy doing that work here, especially over the past four months, where numbers have really increased quite dramatically.
0: All right, so I, I have to ask then. So you're saying 190, so more than you did last fiscal year. So how, as a community, can we support? Because there, it's been a wild year. It's been a wild two years now. And so there mm-hmm. has, to be, has to be a need, has to be some gaps. So how can we, as a people of Utah, lend a hand? Because that's what we do best.
5: Yeah, I love that question. And I think one of the most important things, and this isn't what everybody wants to hear necessarily, but to learn about refugee resettlement. I think that um, so often we are, um, you know, we have this sense of of commitments to refugee resettlement and to welcoming individuals without a lot of knowledge of what goes into the program itself and and the the, the challenges that people face upon arrival and the work that the resettlement agencies do. So, of course, there's opportunities to, to learn and to attend some of our volunteer information sessions or to... Um, and to actually become a volunteer with us, but also just to um, tune into some of the town halls that we have or to other areas where we're sharing information on, on refi- what refugee resettlement looks like. And then, of course, um, donating to the IRC is just as important. Right now, we're spending a lot of money on direct assistance for these new arrivals. Unfortunately, with the housing situation, we are um, we are housing people in temporary housing at, at different hotels around uh, Salt Lake County, um, and so we're paying for that pretty much out of pocket uh, for the time being so um, we can get them into permanent housing and save what little funding that they do arrive with to make rent and deposits and such. So direct assistance is um, increasingly important. And of course, in-kind goods and donations. So we have a lot of information on our website for how people can get involved.
1: What's that website so we can get people directed there during this conversation?
5: Sure. It's rescue.org forward slash Salt Lake City. We also have a lot of information on our Facebook, um, uh, which is uh, IRC Salt Lake City, um, and then also on our Instagram page as well, which can be linked from our Facebook page.
1: Hey, Rashawn, we'll put that in all the show notes. And Natalie, I know you got to go, so thank you so much. One of the ways that folks can support the IRC in Salt Lake City is through Spice Kitchen Incubator, and Emily Park, the program manager, is with us. And that is one of the ways that you can support refugees in our community as they um, get settled. You can order food from Spice Kitchen Incubator, which is uh, helps refugee entrepreneurs. And let's find out more, Rashawn. Let's welcome Emily.
0: Well, yeah, Emily, we'd like to get you in and the chef, because I'm going to just shamelessly say it, like having the Spice Kitchen Incubator come to the studios was always <laughs> one of my favorites. And I'm sure the listeners have countless times heard me chewing in the background because the food is always delicious and on point. So Emily let's talk about the program how how has it been with with some of the restrictions going on with covid and things like that is it obviously it's not business as usual but how is it
6: yeah. So, I mean, obviously we've had to pivot a little bit just due to COVID. Um, as we saw catering drop off, that's where we saw a number of our entrepreneurs start doing pre-packaged products. Um, we're starting to do more um, outreach within the community as part of an effort through the IRC. We did uh, food meal, like hot meals for members of the community every single day, Monday through Friday, we put out a hundred meals, um, to to people in the community who have been impacted by COVID. Um, We did community food boxes where we featured different chefs and all of the different foods that they have. Uh, It's it's been really interesting to see everyone bring their creativity to the table, which is, is the keystone of being an entrepreneur.
1: All right, we got to get the chef in here. We have Ali Amri with us who has started a food business called Rama featuring Iraqi cuisine. All right, we're, we're, we can't gather together and taste this, uh, Chef Ali. So please describe for us Iraqi cuisine and some of the dishes that you offer.
4: Okay. Hi, everyone. How are you? Hi, Emily. So uh, the Iraqi kitchen is a way different. We are talking the heavy stuff. Not a light anymore. I believe Russia is going to love this idea. So we've been here for like, uh, I've been here for like 10 years and uh, the IRC really helped me to establish my business. So probably we are one of the few Iraqi food business in uh, Salt Lake City. And uh, until now, so far, all the reviews, everybody liked it. Hopefully, we gonna stay like that.
0: I want to ask a question because I know
4: the the one thing I've
0: learned uh, being a part of uh, KRCL and also just being a lover of food is that regardless of regions, there's very many. There's a lot of shared plates. You know, it might be called one thing here and another thing, but a lot of the ingredients are are pretty similar. So, for people who are unaware of what Iraqi food would consist of, how would you describe it and help, like, help bring them their their palates along on the journey, if you will?
4: I'm gonna describe the Iraqi food, which is it's always a fresh food. The Iraqi food you cannot store it in the fridge.
0: You gotta eat it right away. Okay, I'm in.
4: It's always have to be fresh. Okay, uh, usually it's something without any chemicals, with very uh, Specific details balance of spices, so I believe something you are gonna like it, guys. And my favorite is the Iraqi dolma okay? because most of the Arabic countries they have similar dolma, but the Iraqis is different. So hopefully you are gonna taste it someday soon. <laughs>
1: the dolma is like a is that like a grape leaf thing or is it like a donut? I've got two words in my brain and I can't remember which is which.
4: The grape leaves is just part of it okay it's uh, a, a stuffed vegetables we are talking about the onions uh egg planets uh pepper the green one the yellow the orange one the red one and uh the also the grape leaves
1: and then the spices, what kind of spices go into that mixture?
0: I mean, yeah, go, go high level. We don't want you to give out the, the secrets.
1: Yeah, yeah. You don't have to give the doses, like the measurements of these, but what kind of spices in there?
4: So usually we use just a little bit of the citric acids, okay? The pomegranate uh, mussels, which is something to make it sour and sweet at the same time.
1: I like that. I do. I do as well.
4: And uh, it's to stay on the stove for at least five to six hours. Oh, my gosh. That's
1: a lot of – I am such an absent-minded cook. I couldn't do it, so I'll be I'm ordering. Okay,
4: you, you don't have to do it, Laura. You just got to show up when that five I hours I'm, is done. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I can I can share some pictures with you guys. I can That'd be great. cook it for you whenever you want. Mm.
1: Okay, we're gonna have to do a roundtable Tuesday, like pop up oh, somewhere, please. Rashad. I'm telling you. But tell us about your restaurant Rama. You are you are you, a, are you a, a just a spice kitchen to go operation right now? Are you moving to a truck or bricks and mortar? Uh,
4: no, actually, we just barely launched probably few weeks ago, Emily. Yeah, uh, it's been a long process because we start with the IRC or we join the. Spice Kitchen program, just a few months before the COVID hit. But uh, the good thing, which is I'm really thankful for the team, uh, they didn't stop. Actually, they just continue, but convert everything to online. It was a, a, a lot of information we had to know it. You know, the only idea that we have about the business is you can open a restaurant, and it's have nothing to do with this. There's tons of information you have to. Uh, know it. A Lots of training, you have to take it. And then you can, the easy step maybe in the end is to open a restaurant or uh, uh, open a food truck.
1: The fun part's the cooking, right? But everything else to get you there. The the Spice Kitchen Incubator has a program to prime you for success, Emily, right?
6: Absolutely. Um, So basically what we do is we have um, open applications. People are able to apply from the community. We take refugees, immigrants, uh, low to moderate income people. So you don't even have to be foreign born to join our program. It's people who have been traditionally disadvantaged who don't have the same access to all the materials. We're here to help. So- very
1: specialized.
6: Yeah, so we help you through the pre-incubation where we get you your business plan. We help you work through your menu, get all of the licensing that you need, make sure you have everything in place so you're able to be successful. And then once you move out of there, you're in incubation. Typically, we end up working with you for over three to five years. It totally depends on everybody, what your business model is, what you're looking for. There's no cookie cutter way to do it. There's no one right way to do things. Everyone has their own path. Everyone has their own journey, and they're all delicious. Um, but we but we help them we help them graduate. So if they're doing a food truck, if they're gonna be in your local grocery store, if they're gonna have a brick and mortar restaurant, any any shape that their dream has, that's what we. We help them work
1: towards. Now, before COVID hit, I know Spice Kitchen was working hard behind the scenes to to um, have its own commercial kitchen. So, where do things stand with uh, taking Spice Kitchen into its own independence?
6: Yeah, so we're still we're still working on that again. Um, but in the planning stages. Um, but right now we're still operating out of Square Kitchen, um, which is down on 800 South and about 730 West. Um, it's right across the street um, from the LDS uh, humanitarian center. So we're, we're right in that neighborhood. We have a sense of community. Everyone's able to work together. And it's nice having outside opinions from uh, other businesses that aren't necessarily in the program.
1: Well, when does Chef Rama come up next in the rotation? Is Spice Kitchen <laughs> to go?
6: Say, you know, I was. You know, that's what I'm thinking, Laura. Well, you know, you're always able to order more food from him directly. Uh, he has his own Instagram, uh, Rama Food SLC. Everybody should go on and absolutely follow him. Uh, yeah, they're setting up their own uh, their own food uh, pickups uh, that you're able to take from them order-wise. But absolutely, you can always check on our website, SpiceKitchenIncubator.org, and that tells you exactly who's coming on. You can sign up for our weekly news. Newsletter, get the updates from the program, and we'll
1: always be teasing you with delicious food. Okay, I just pulled up the Instagram, and I'm looking at the photos. I, I'm looking oh at it right now, my <laughs> Chef Ali. Just another day in Rama food, and I don't know what I'm looking at. It looks like a rib concoction with potatoes and some some veggies. Whoo! And Chef Ali and his family own Rama, which means the merciful in Arabic. And I think that I'm going to kind of twist that and go mercy. Get me that food.
4: Uh, something else probably you want to know, it, which is Rama is the name of my daughter. Oh, that's, I love that. I love that.
5: Even better.
1: Even better. Oh, my gosh. So we got photos galore to share with folks from Rama. What is it that you have planned? Anything special for um, the holiday season from Iraqi cuisine that we can look to? Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. Actually, I just finished the menu for the Thanksgiving. And I'm going to post it probably after we're done with our meeting. Uh, It's going to be the Iraqi dolma. Russian, I I feel you. I don't know. I have feelings.
0: See, that's that's
4: (laughs) what I'm trying to (laughs) come back. I I love that. A mix of Iraqi appetizers something. You should try it, believe me. So it's going to be a turkey. You're going to do the turkey. And we're going to fill the rest of the table.
0: Oh, I love I love, I love everything it. about that. I I, I, I'm hoping our listeners are paying attention and listening. Because yeah sounds like they might be off the hook on Thanksgiving this year and roll yeah. over to Rama.
1: Iraqi Barani, Makluba. The Dolmas, oh, I'm so hungry right now, Rashawn. I'm telling you. All right, so uh, so folks, one way you can help out Spice Kitchen and the IRC in Salt Lake City is to order from Spice Kitchen entrepreneurs like Chef Ali at Rama. But uh, Emily, what else can folks do to support the mission of Spice Kitchen Incubator in particular?
6: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um- Obviously the best way is to directly order from our entrepreneurs to order spice to go. We do it every single week. It's totally revamped um, where you're able to get a full menu from all of our entrepreneurs and try a sampler. You get to travel the world from, from the comfort of your own home. Uh, Foods that wonderful common languages that, builds a sense of community and gives you those experiences. But other ways you can help us is uh, by donating either uh, financially or uh, our wish list, uh, spicekitchenincubator.org forward slash donate. Um, or you can also donate your time, come volunteer with us, see everything behind the scenes um, and join us in the kitchen for those spice to goes. Um, or if you if you want to spend even more time with us, if you're as food motivated as me, um, you're also welcome to join our team. We are hiring right now, uh, so if you'd like to, you are more than welcome to apply. Rescue.org/forward/slash/careers, uh, and you can join not only the Spice Kitchen, but you can also join any other team on uh, the IRC. Uh, it's a great cause. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity, and I just I'm so lucky to get to do what i do and work with the people that i do.
1: Rashawn, do you think they have a job that's called food taster cuz
0: if if they if they don't, i might have to work with Emily and we might have to make that a thing. I just just scoop in, you know, make sure right before it hits the table, just it's all it's all good, but i i hope our people's are listening cuz we got you could walk in there with a plate an application and leave full and employed. I mean, where else are you getting that, Laura?
1: (laughs) Well, Emily, what is the website one more time for IRC and Spice Kitchen?
6: Absolutely. So it's spicekitchenincubator.org forward slash donate. Or you can also go online at rescue.org forward slash careers.
1: And Ali, Chef Ali Amri from Rama, what is the handle on Instagram so people can check out what you're offering and place an order?
4: Uh, well, we are working now on our website. It's going to be like in the next probably few days, Emily, something like that.
1: For
6: right now on Instagram, it's Rama Food SLC.
1: Thank you so much for being on our Attitude of Gratitude show, y'all.
6: Thank you so much. We're happy and grateful to be here.
4: I'm waiting, you. Thank
0: you. Okay, take care. Take care. You'll be seeing me, Chef Ali.
1: When we come back, Rashawn, we're going to get into another group that you and I really adore for what they do in the community, Volunteers of America of Utah.
0: This is Roundtable Tuesdays of Radioactive on KRCL.
3: If you're a homeowner or renter making 200% or less of the federal poverty rate and need help weatherizing your home, Utah Community Action
1: can help. Visit utahca.org for details. Welcome back to Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. Rashawn Leak back in a bit with more of our Roundtable Tuesday discussion with local nonprofits up to good trouble that you should know about. And we hope you'll support during this giving season that comes about this time of year. I've got a few artisans to share with you who will be at the Craft Lake City Holiday Market, December 4th and 5th at the Monarch in Ogden. Want to inspire you to shop local and support local DIY creatives while you're at it. Let's pass the microphone and find out more about tonight's Spotlight Artisans.
7: Hi, this is Jessica and Paul Judd. We're a family business and we create Native Island art.
1: Excellent. One of the artisans that will be at the, uh, the Monarch in Ogden, December 4th and 5th. And I'd love to know a little bit more about what you do, how you do it, and why you do it. I understand that, Paul and Jessica, this involves your son and an obsession, I think? <laughs>
8: <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. Oh, yes. My son wanted me to draw a Maui hook. And so I decided to draw a Maui hook. But I drew an island hook, just different than a Maui hook. And I started putting designs on it, and from there on, people start looking at the work, and they're like, "Wow, can you start drawing us some of that?" So that's what I did. So I started drawing them some different kind of hooks and the designs.
1: So, Paul, your full name is Paul oruma Judd, right? Correct. Tell me about yourself and your your connection to uh, Maori
8: culture. So I grew up in the island, just in North Australia. It's called Papua New Guinea. Um, it's where I when I was a kid, I, I used to see a lot of natives, you know, there's so many different natives, um, that they would have a little, you know, tattoos on their body and kind of represent their culture and, and what it stood for. And some of those tattoos are meaning to them, uh, things that they've done or that that their ancestors, they would add that on their body to kind of represent, just to show, uh, you know, which culture they came from and and a tattoo that they have on their their body. So, growing up there, I, I see all that, and and the stories that I've heard um, from different people growing up. It's it's just the the culture and and the way uh, they represent themselves and the design that uh, helps helps them to tell stories of their ancestors.
1: And Jessica, as you and Paul came together and started a family, I'm guessing sharing your different cultural um, heritage became important.
7: Exactly. And what Paul's able to do where he does some custom, he says, is he can take from families either which islands they're from or which animals they might connect with. Um, he doesn't just do the hooks. He'll also do maybe a turtle and he'll put a Hawaiian flag or, or the islands within the turtle. Um, it's a way for them to decorate their homes, us to decorate our home and have um, our children see both countries represented. One of the first hooks that Paul did, he drew his island and the state of Washington where I'm from and put it together and it hangs in our living room. Um, But it's been been really fun to share with other families their culture and what they're looking forward to, to decorating their homes with.
1: So what unique items will you have on hand for the holiday art market?
8: Uh, We'll have uh, different kind of hooks um, and the turtles, uh, dolphins. uh, What else? Octopus Uh, is really
1: popular. Man, I was just thinking. I was just thinking. uh, I need an octopus for clever octopus stuff that we do.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fun! Yeah, Yeah, we have a. He does. He actually has like four different versions of octopus. We'll have some originals and we'll have some prints, um, and then
1: we'll. Um, have order forms for custom work wow. I love having island stuff at Christmas time because not everybody's into the snow Paul yes <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite what's your favorite Paul that you've done
8: and why oh I I, I made a hook okay I do a hook and I added. oh New Zealand yeah I added a New Zealand on there because I I knew that a lot of people would love that and it's it's one of my favorite that I drew and it kind of represent stuff that I put in there. That just different designs that I, I got from from Papua New Guinea that I added onto that. Kind of brings you know different memories and stuff when I mean, growing up there as a kid. So that's one of my favorites. And these are these are pen and ink drawings largely, right? Correct. Yes. Wow. So I use different uh, uh, different uh, art pens, and then different art pencils. So, so when I'm drawing, I try to uh, bringing in a little bit of shade here and that to help so it could pop out a little bit. And I used the pan to go over it to make it more um, attractive looking. More <laughs> that <pretty> way.
1: <laughs> I can't wait for folks to see what you've created. Island Hook Art at the Holiday Market with Craft Lake City. Paul and Jessica Judd, thank you so much for sharing a bit about what you do. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you, you're welcome. And that's Paul and Jessica Judd of Island Hook Art. Look for them at Craft Lake City's Holiday Market, December 4th and 5th at the Monarch in Ogden. I also had the chance to talk with someone who's taken their love of fashion and design and married it with social justice and community causes. Let's pass the microphone and find out more.
9: Hey, how's it going? I'm Tariq Staten, uh, co-founder of Edify Collective, and we are... Um, ultra soft clothing with a cause. Um, our main mission is to spread the message of togetherness or any hot topics within, um, you know, social injustice or, um, you know any hot topics within the the nation that are going on right now because we've done things for human trafficking and uh homelessness and and, and things like that so um that's our mission that's our goal we give 15 percent back of everything that we make off of our clothing um into the into the community so i um, hoping to to close out the year um with a big bang so that we can um make some uh make some huge splashes within the community and um, one, I will say one thing that we will do um, for all of our purchases um, within the the colder months, so starting um, at this um, holiday um, craft fair, what we're going to do is everything that is bought there, uh, we're going to donate uh, uh, either a shirt or a hoodie to the homeless shelter so that we can uh, help provide additional clothing for um, some of those in need.
1: That's what I love about small businesses, local businesses, and the holiday market with Craft Lake City, Tariq. So what are some of the slogans that might be on your uh, Speak Up Comfortably uh, clothing?
9: Um, So we have um, our top four right now are uh, stronger together with the uh, silhouette of the American or North American shape. Um, and then we have, um, you know, different color hands on all of those like, you know, to outline it. And then um, we have um, our unity one, which is uh, unity spelt out with the different color silhouettes from, you know, your um, pastel, your very pale, pa- your pale pastel all the way to your, your darker skin tone. So it kind of uh, covers that whole uh, spectrum and, and that embodies the word unity in it. Um, we also have uh, the humankind that is like the, the main one. Uh, so it's a, a heart design with hands reaching out in the middle. It, um, it says human with a dot in the middle kind be both to embody, you know, not just one or the other. Um, but they go hand in hand. So yeah, um, that I one, like
1: that one. I got to come get one of those too.
9: <laughs> yeah, that one. That one's a huge one. And then um, our mental health initiative, one that we have, is uh, therapy is the new wave, and it has like a little wave, kind of embodying that that whole message.
1: I like to know a little bit about why folks start up these kinds of businesses. Um, you're a black man in Utah, and I'm just curious: is this a way of doing something productive. I mean, yeah, it's a business, um, but you have this give back model, but the messages on your clothing seem to be a way to perhaps steer the conversation about the problems in our society in a more productive way.
9: Yeah. And, and that's basically what we were, what we were doing. Um, You know, I'm a a father of two soon. um, And um, you know, for me, you know, with a full-time job plus, you know, career aspirations and different other things going on. um, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't have time to go out there and protest and I didn't want to take my daughter out there and do all that stuff. And, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure that we were making an impact um further along than you know just right then at that moment like you know um while you know make an impact while you're at the grocery store make an impact while you're walking around the mall shopping or make an impact while you're at work um and and you know bring up these these discussions um, about you know what's going on in the world and hopefully you can edify aka educate um, some other people um, and enlighten them so and then we can have an open mind we can have an open discussion and and learn from each other on on why we have these views and stuff like that so the main the main reason we started this was, um, because of the whole George Floyd thing was going on with, with protest and all of that snowballed into a bunch of other things. But, um, we just were, we were just trying to figure out how can we, um, come up with a, a a message or a plan or something where we have a, a lasting impression on the com- community around us and not just, you know, in the moment and then it passes and then it is what it is after that. So, well,
1: if I'm going to put a billboard on my body, I want it not to be a brand like we see so much happening, right? I want it to be something like what Edify Collective's got on its, on its Speak Up Comfortably uh, shirts and hoodies so congratulations a year in business or so and you've donated more than four thousand dollars to various causes
9: yeah yeah we've been in a year um and we're we're um over four thousand for the donations uh we've been holding off this year we usually try to do it um you know two within a year uh within the six months but with a pandemic and and things like that and you know, business, um, you know, life getting in the way and nine to fives and all that good stuff. We kind of held off to the end of this year so that we can just have one lump sum going towards, um, a different cause or, you know, split that lump sum into two different causes. So, um, we're still contemplating on who we, um, who we want to, you know, gift our money to, um, but, um, no, no solidified, um, causes right now, but we'll definitely be announcing that on our Instagram and Facebook and, uh, and all that good stuff, uh, once we have it. And we, that's one thing that we want to make sure that we do is communicate that because, you know, a lot of people can say that they're going to do something and then they never do it, or they say that they... Are, are going to donate all this money and then they never do it. But um, we definitely have the receipts to, <laughs> to, 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 to to back that up.
1: Well, when you're ready to make that known, please come back on and share the news, okay?
9: Oh, of course. Anytime. I'm more than happy to come back anytime you'd have me. So what's blow the, up the airways?
1: All right. What's the <laughs> website where folks can catch up with Edify Collective and uh, learn more about what you do?
9: Um, so it's Edify, E D. I-F-Y-collective.com. You can even just type that into Google and we're the number one that comes up.
1: Well, congratulations on uh, doing so much good in the community. Wow, getting a new locally owned business off the ground. Thank
9: you. I appreciate that.
1: And that's Tariq Staton of Edify Collective, another artisan who will be on hand at Craft Lake City's Holiday Market, December 4th and 5th at the Monarch Inn, Ogden. Check tonight's show notes for a link to tonight's featured artisans, as well as the Holiday Market. I'm Laura Jones. You're listening to Radioactive, back with more Roundtable Tuesday with Rashawn Leak. And to get us there, how about this little ditty from Shovels and Rope? Come on, Utah, on KRCL. Did you know that a portion of your Amazon
3: purchases could benefit KRCL? Support local nonprofits, including KRCL, through Amazon Smile by visiting smile.amazon.com and selecting your preferred organization. Find details under the support tab at krcl.org. Thanks.
0: Welcome back to Radioactive and Roundtable Tuesday, the Gratitude Edition. Here as we slide into Thanksgiving, I'm Rashawn Lee. Coming up at 7, Democracy Now! Vagabond Radio with Barbie at 8. Connor's Late Night Lowdown starts at bit 10.30. All of our programming and the radioactive archives may be found online at krcl.org.
1: Rashawn, it's our Attitude of Gratitude edition of Roundtable Tuesday here on Radioactive. And by the way, welcome back as community co-hosts. We're going to be live in the studio eventually as we get this thing wired.
0: It's getting close, Laura. It's getting close. We got a little taste of, of what it's going to be like with Radiothon. Yeah. And uh, the studio is coming. I'm, I'm excited. I love that area Salt Lake.
1: Well, we needed to get you kind of back in the groove. So I'm so glad that it's with this show because I know that you are uh, right in line with this, wanting to shine a light on nonprofits in our community, doing great work. But then also turn around and ask our listeners to then share their generosity with these groups as well. That's important.
0: It it really is. I I think one of the things was, you know, after radio, after radiothon, I I really just started reflecting like, okay, it's, it's nice that we get to lean on our communities, but what about, what about all the other groups that we partner with? What about all the nonprofits that we love? And it's, and I just want to, you know, remind our, our listeners that, you know, while, while I will appreciate every penny that they put into the KRCL coffers. We are not the only ones that could use some of that love and that, and that charity. And, and, and this is a time, I mean, you know, Thanksgiving, regardless of how you feel about the holiday, it is a, a, it is a definitely the time of year to start reflecting. And, and here it is. And I, and I love, I love volunteers of America. I love what they stand for. I mean, I've loved, yeah, I've been a part of them You know, prior to my time living in Utah, back when I was still in Jersey, back when I was in California. So it's, It's always been a part of, you know, our volunteer volunteerism in the League household.
1: Well, and to remind folks, a week from today is Giving Tuesday. It's kind of, you know, a branding thing to turn your attention to the nonprofits in your your community and support them. So uh, our shows moving forward are definitely highlighting some great candidates for you, like Volunteers of America of Utah and their CEO and leader. Kathy Bray is with us. Hi, Kathy.
10: Hi, Um, I'm so glad to be with you again, and uh, I have an attitude of gratitude.
0: All right. Love it, love it. (laughs) And we also have with Kathy, we have Key Cable. How's it going, Key?
2: It's going. Thank you so much for having
1: us. You do community engagement for VOA Utah, right?
2: I do, I do. I have the privilege of basically overseeing all of the in-kind donations, the volunteers, and the community engagement for the agency.
1: And VOA Utah really runs on that kind of community engagement, Kathy, right?
10: Oh, definitely. We are so privileged to have such a giving community and we just want to thank everyone for um, sticking with us through COVID and all of that. And we are so excited to be entering the holiday season because we reconnect with so many people.
1: VOA of Utah is such a mouthful. So let's talk about what you actually do in the community, Kathy, because you've got several different facilities. And I know this time of year, our our community members who are experiencing homelessness are on our minds and how they can be housed during inclement weather. So what do y'all do? Remind everybody.
10: Yeah, so Volunteers of America's mission is to build a community-supported bridge that provides a path for vulnerable people to improve their lives increase their self-reliance. And we do that through um, services in multiple locations in Salt Lake County. Our focus is on homelessness, addiction, and mental illness. So we're doing everything from street outreach to emergency shelters, to housing case management, moving people out of homelessness. Uh, we're detoxing people and providing um, outpatient therapy to get clean and sober, to, Uh, Stabilize mental health conditions and to, again, live successfully and independently in the community with our help.
0: I I, I love all of that, Kathy. It sounds like you all wear so many hats. So if if for people who are looking for it, is it is it just, you know, if I'm if I'm a family, if I'm a single male or if I'm a female, how is it split up?
10: Yeah, we do have things sometimes uh, split by age. So homeless youth, for example, we serve 15-year-olds to essentially 25 through our housing projects. Um, and so we, we have a separate resource center for youth. Then we have a, a homeless resource center for homeless women. Um, so we kind of separate by age, sometimes by gender. And um, we also are providing you know, outpatient services, uh, meaning that people come in and visit once a week or so forth to get therapy. We're going into schools and doing prevention. People come to our offices or really online now and do virtual counseling sessions. So we have a lot of um, places and ways that we can help people.
1: Talking with Kathy Bray of Volunteers of America of Utah about the services they provide in the community. And Rashawn, so much of what they do is out of sight, out of mind, unless you need those services. So when they open Mod's Cafe, the coffee shop to end... Youth homelessness, one cup of java at a time. I was so excited about that a couple of years back. And, and pre-COVID, you know, in the pre-times, we would go down and start Radiothon there with a, a live Punk Rock Farmer Friday. So I'm kind of curious, Kathy, can you tell us, give us an update on what's going on with Mods Cafe?
10: Yeah, you know, I was over there uh, this morning, actually, um, checking in with staff and seeing how things are going. Um, we had a really successful cohort of young People who came through the Mods Cafe training program—it's essentially homeless youth are our interns, and they come in and they learn how to be a barista. They learn customer service. They learn some management skills. They get support from our staff and our case managers, and um, they get an opportunity to practice being a good employee. And we have—we uh, also we moved all of those youth into housing, so they all have their own apartments. They have jobs in the community and doing really, really well. So we're just so thrilled for them, and that's the
6: purpose.
0: It's it, it just blows my mind to hear all that we are able to do, and, and what what is arguably trying times. I mean, especially for you know the majority of us, this is it's it's crazy and, and unforeseen. Uh, you know, this is unforeseen times because you know what? Last time we had something like this was 1918, I believe. So from a from a help and in kind donation perspective, how how can our listeners, how can we all get involved?
2: I would love to jump in and speak to this. I think that the best way that somebody can jump in and partner with us at Volunteers of America, Utah is to give your time. We have so many volunteer programs available to just about anybody. So for example, we uh, most of our facilities operate through a meal program. So we serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day to the clients at several facilities and that's all volunteer-led. So I have groups that will come in, they'll make pancakes in the morning, they'll come see the kids at the the Youth Resource Center, joke around with them. Uh, We also have opportunities in our donation rooms. We have one large one at the Youth Resource Center and another at the Geraldine E. King. So we have volunteers who come in, organize the resources, help our staff to know what we're low on, they help communicate and to run those rooms. And also, we rely very heavily on the community for those in-kind donations. So right now, we are accepting gently used and new clothing items and hygiene items through uh, donation appointments only. And that's available on our website, which is voaut.org inkind And again, we, as much as, you know, the staff of Volunteers of America, we, we want to help as many clients as possible, but we can't have the impact that we do without the aid of the community, honestly. Like they are, volunteers and donors are the backbone of everything that we do.
1: So Rashawn, this time of year, folks are looking for service projects. And I think uh, a great suggestion would be either as an individual, with your family, your neighborhood, perhaps your civic organization, or even work. Maybe you're working remotely, but you could organize, hey, pull this stuff together and we're gonna get it donated to one of the programs with VOA, Rashawn.
0: Because of what's going on, I, I have to ask, so what does that look like? We show up, do we need to be vaccinated, wear masks, gloves, because you know everybody is thinking that people want to help, but they also want to make sure it's safe for them to show up and it's safe for them and their families.
2: Absolutely. That's such a good question. So uh, volunteers of America Utah, we are obviously very concerned with the pandemic. We're still holding to those social distancing. Uh, We do require masks within the facilities. We make all our volunteers glove up, Uh, but you do not need to be vaccinated to volunteer with us. However, you do need to align with those uh, COVID-19 safety policies while you're volunteering with us.
1: So you'd need to test, et cetera, if you were not vaccinated. All right. And of course, folks, coronavirus.utah.gov for the latest info on vaccinations and testing sites at a place near you. There is something coming up, Key, on December 11th I want to kind of drive people's attention to, and it's the second annual winter clothing drive to benefit the VOA. So tell me what uh, we can be doing to gear up for this. I know you need volunteers for it it. Explain it all.
2: Absolutely. We are so excited for this. Uh, last year's event was absolutely amazing. The resources that we received, the volunteer help, oh, it was just such a highlight of the year for us. Uh, so yeah, on December 11th, we do have our second annual winter clothing drive. So if you're interested in donating to us, it is the season for winter items. So if you have anything laying around your house, that's like a winter coat, boots, a sleeping bag, uh, a sleeping mat, anything like that. Those are the items that we're looking for to help support our clients during this cold winter season. So if that's something that you're interested in donating to, please, please work with us. Uh, We we would love to have that. As far as volunteers, I have actually have a list of people out the door that want to volunteer. So you might need to uh, reach out to us again next year, unfortunately, but also a good problem to have, right? I have so many people that are interested in volunteering.
0: (laughs) A great problem to have. I hear it all the time in the community where people are, are, are you know, excess this, excess that. So where can they drop it off so they can get ready? Since you know, if you can't, if you can't donate, you can definitely help out. Where where are you guys collecting this? Come the eleventh.
2: Yeah, so the 11th, so we're partnering, uh, the donations will be at the Salt Lake County Building, so the City and County Building downtown. Uh, We will be accepting donations in the morning um, all the way until about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. So if you want to just pull up with your car, have all your donations available, we will have volunteers and staff members there to be able to greet you, give you an in-kind donation receipt, and then answer any questions about the agency while you're in line.
1: So you'll accept gently used. You'll also accept new. And I'm guessing if we go online, we could donate to this drive as well because you're trying to make sure as many folks as as need warm clothing this winter can get it. Key.
2: Absolutely. So if you are comfortable bringing things in person to this event, that's wonderful. If you're somebody who's a little bit cautious due to the pandemic or that's not feasible for your family at this time, we do have an urgent needs list that's posted on our website as well as several Amazon wish lists that will tell you exactly what we need for each of our programs. So for example, if you're really interested in donating to our homeless outreach program, we have a needs list that is updated weekly with everything that we need through the winter season. So you can just hop on Amazon, click on a couple items that are interesting to you or that you're passionate about, and it will deliver, deliver directly to our facilities instead of you having to come to our facilities in person.
1: A lot of ways to help, Sean.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, I just love it. Work smarter, not harder. If, if, if we have some of these companies out here who are willing to partner and make it easy for people to donate, and all you have to do is click, you know, click a link, click an item, and just pay. Why? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you?
1: Hey, Kathy, Volunteers of America of Utah serves over nine thousand individuals annually. Mm-hmm. Has that number gone up over the last couple of years as the pandemic has really hit? Utans and families hard. You know the
10: pandemic has had a strange kind of impact, I would say because you know when we had to make sure to test um, folks, and so it reduced some of the numbers we could have in our residential facilities, and so we've kind of seen it uh, remain steady. But nine thousand people is a lot of individuals to meet on an annual basis and to serve, and we want people to continue to come to us for what they need. We we also have. About Three Over 300 staff members who are dedicated to this and and um, have really gone through quite, uh, quite the pivoting during this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And so we're grateful for them. And we want to make sure that um, the people in the community know how much we appreciate their support. Just amazing. Um, the love and the joy and the peace that we're going to be able to bring to homeless individuals and people with severe addiction issues and mental health issues because of your support is just amazing. And so we're just, we're just, we have the attitude of gratitude. Like, like we said right in the beginning, it's so true. We are very thankful.
0: I I You know, I, I never get tired of talking to organizations like yourselves, because like you said, Kathy, there is, there is an attitude of gratitude and there's so many misconceptions that go on with our, homeless population and I and I love the work that you all do because I think you help you help build bridges you know and it and it's so important in this time so if you can give our listeners the address one more time or the the email address where you can website I should say sorry
7: mm-hmm.
10: yeah please um visit org, and you can see volunteer opportunities of course uh we always appreciate financial contributions also we're hiring like a lot of companies, we've got open positions, and we're an awesome company to work for, if I do say so myself. And I, I would just want everybody to re-engage when you feel safe to do so. We need your support.
1: That includes ending youth homelessness one cup of coffee at a time. What's the address for Mods? Yeah, Mods
10: Cafe is at 422 West, 900 South. Harvey Milk
0: Boulevard.
1: Thanks so much, Kathy and Key from VOA Utah.
0: Thank you, you too.
1: Thank you, thank you, guys. Rashawn, that was a great first show for our season of gratitude. Moving forward through the rest of the year,
0: feels good to be back. I, I can't wait. It's I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to to spotlight some of these awesome organizations. So good.
1: So check tonight's show notes, folks, for tonight's organizations and get involved. Help as you can. That's our show, Rashaun.
0: I'm Rashaun Leak.
1: I'm Laura Jones. That's Radioactive. Have a great night. Thanks, Rashaun.
0: Take care, y'all. Take care, Laura. See you later, lady.
1: Meet Ma Black, host of Night Estadio, Saturday nights from 10 to midnight on KRCL. It is
3: uh, music without borders. And at the end of the day, I think music is a universal language that can connect us bring us together and also help you discover new music. Even if you, you don't understand the language that is, that is being sang that, you can feel it. And music is about feeling and connecting with other human beings. It could be in Portuguese, it could be in Italian, any language. I even played you know, some Russian artists and Japanese artists. On my show, so yeah, what a what
1: an amazing platform. Ma Black, host of Night Estadio, Saturday nights from ten to midnight on KRCL.